0: It is the defining symbol of the Christian faith, a stumbling block upon which many religions fall. It confronts, it convicts, it compels. It is the spiritual compass that guides the faith of believers. It is the central reality of the gospel. It is the source of all true hope. It is the cross. No wonder Paul declared, and we read together just a few moments ago from 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. One of the things we need to realize as believers is this. There is no gospel, no faith, and no hope apart from the cross. I can't think of anything that is more foundational to real hope than embracing the reality and the doctrine of of the cross you see as followers of Christ we believe the cross is central to our hope and so over the next few weeks as we begin a journey toward preparing ourselves toward Easter which seems so strange doesn't it we're going to look together at the hope that is ours in the cross we're going to look at what the cross means in a practical way to our lives to our faith to what the Bible tells us about the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. We're going to discover what the cross means to the world, what the cross means to the Father, what the cross meant to the Son, what the cross meant to the believers. We're going to look at how all of that comes together to talk about the practical way in which we live out our faith. It is the cross. This morning, I want us to begin at the beginning by asking a basic question. Why should I base my hope on what Christ did on the cross? As you heard a moment ago, and we're going to spend this whole next year talking about the fact that our hope is in the Lord. And I cannot think of a better way to do it than to spend the first eight weeks together looking at the hope we have in the cross. But the real question is, why? Why? Why is that the beginning point for everything that we hope for as believers? The first thing I want you to know this morning is this. It is our hope because the cross meets us at our deepest point of need. To really understand why the cross is your hope, you have to be convinced that you need to live in the shadow of the crucified Christ. You need to recognize that it is in the shadow of the one who gave his life for me that I discover the hope that I can hang on to no matter what, no matter when, no matter whatever is going on in my life, my hope is in the cross. And we need to remember that's true not just in a superficial way, that is true in the deepest possible way. We need to remember what the cross is all about. Never forget who you were apart from Christ. Ephesians 2.12 says, Without the cross you were separated from God and without hope in the world. It's telling us that before you knew the Lord, before you recognized that you stood in the shadow of the one who gave his life for you, you didn't have any hope. You were without hope in the world. You know, we talk a lot about that whole quality of hope, don't we? And we think about it in all kinds of ways. I hope I get what I want. I hope things turn out the way I expect them to. I hope that I can achieve the things I want to achieve. But the truth is, all of those things are just kind of smoke in the wind. They might happen, and they might not. You can't say, this is my true hope. The only way you can say, this is my true hope, is to say, my hope is based on what God has done for me, And what God has done for me he did through his son and what he did through his son he did on the cross we need to remember that it is there that we find true hope you know I've been walking with the Lord for a long time now and I still remember what it was like to try to make it without Jesus I remember what my life was like and understand I really got serious with the Lord during my high school years. But I remember what it was like trying to make it without him. Interestingly enough, it's not the sin that I remember so clearly. You know what I remember? I remember the loneliness, and I remember the futility, and I remember the frustration of trying to figure out how was I going to make it through life all by myself? How was I going to do this in my own strength? With my own sense of frustration and sometimes my own experience of anger. And sometimes my sense that that my life wasn't leading the way I wanted it to go. Nothing ever changed my life like coming to know the Lord. It was there that I found the one who met my deepest point of need. That's my story. If you're a believer, it's your story too. You know what it was like to try to do it without Christ. You know what it was like to try to make your way through life without the one who gave his life for you. And you remember what it was like when you finally chose Christ to trust him through the cross the lord meets us at our deepest point of need where else can you experience his love and the way you find it at the cross where else do you understand what grace is all about where else is it that you understand for the first time real forgiveness and a whole new beginning The cross is where heaven and earth collide, and they come together at the place where you need him the most. I need hope in my life, and I can only find hope in Christ Jesus and his cross. So that brings up the second question, and that's why. Why do we need the hope that's found in the cross? We need it because of our brokenness. I don't think anybody describes life apart from Christ better than John in the first chapter of his gospel. That's where the Bible says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came into his own, and his own did not receive him. To really understand the power of the cross and to understand the depth of the cross, one of the things we need to realize is the Lord didn't come to save some pretty good people. He didn't come to save folks who just needed a little tweaking here and there, and that's all that was really needed. He came to save a broken world filled with broken people. We're broken people who live in a broken world, and apart from Christ, we're lost lost spiritually, lost personally, lost eternally. What a powerful phrase that is. It's an interesting thing that in the last 10 years or so, we've been told, we being we preachers, been told you need to avoid using terms like lost because lost is one of those terms that a lot of people don't understand anymore not the way they used to lost is a church word so a word so don't use that word but I don't know another word that works except to say apart from Jesus apart from what he did for you on the cross you are lost you are separated from God you are apart from hope You have no eternal expectation. If you don't know him, if you're not found in his shadow, then you are lost. And it's important for us to understand that because when we understand that, then we recognize the promise of the next verse. Where John said, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. We need the hope of the cross because that's where the price was paid. With whosoever believes in him. One of the things we need to recognize about this broken world in which we live in is that we need what only Christ can give it is a universal need the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God all have sinned it's important for us to grab hold of that and believe that it is true you know We don't like the idea of all have sinned. I don't like the idea of all have sinned. You know what the problem with that is? All includes me and I kind of like the idea of stepping aside and letting all be everybody else. You know, I like to think, well, I'm a pretty good person. I act pretty well. I don't do too many bad things. It's the other people that have problems. I remember years and years ago, When Snoopy said, I love mankind. It's people I can't stand. You understand that? The Bible says all of us have fallen short. Not only that, it tells us that sin requires that a price has to be paid. The wages of sin is death. And here's the thing. And here's where the hope begins. Either you pay the price for your own sin or you trust what Christ has done for you on the cross. Either I have to pay for it myself or I trust the one who has. You trust what he did for you. Second Corinthians 5:21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him that's been described as the great exchange and boy do we need to take that passage seriously he made him who knew no sin to be sin so many times we are tempted to believe that the real suffering of the cross was the physical agony that Jesus went through It was the trial and it was the beating and it was the being spat upon and it was the having the nails thrust through him and being suspended between heaven and earth and it was an agonizing way to die but you know what hundreds of people died that way hundreds of victims of the Roman Empire went through the same kind of physical suffering that Jesus experienced on the cross that's not where the real suffering was the real suffering is the passage we just read together he made him who knew no sin to be sin that everything I did wrong and everything you've done wrong and all the sins of all the people of all the ages Fell on the sinless one. And he became sin. Can you imagine? That's the suffering. That's the suffering. But here's the hope He made him who knew no sin to be sin. That we might become the righteousness of God that it was taken away because he took it and that's our hope our hope in the cross here's the thing the hope of the cross is not just for today or tomorrow it's also our hope for eternity eternity Bible is starkly honest it says and it is appointed unto man once to die and then comes judgment Benjamin Franklin is widely quoted by those who say there are only two sure things in life death and taxes you've heard that all your life the Bible says there are three sure things well maybe he takes taxes off Jesus said give caesar what belongs to caesar what the bible says is this it is just as sure that the day is coming when everyone will face judgment it is inevitable and on judgment day either you will stand before god carrying the weight of your sin or the weight will be carried by the lord of the cross Your eternal destiny depends upon who carries the weight. And the Bible says the crucified Christ is the only one who can open the way to eternal life. It is all about placing the weight of your hope on what Christ has done for you. And not carrying the weight of your own life before God. No wonder Revelations 5.9 describes what all of the redeemed will declare on that day of judgment. When we will say to the Lord, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. That is a powerful thing to say, isn't it? You have redeemed us to God by your blood. Our eternal hope is in Christ Jesus because you see the hope of the cross has always been God's plan real hope is not found in something that's here today and gone tomorrow you build your hope on things that will never let you down and that's why it's important to know that the cross was always God's plan for your hope The Old Testament reveals that the death of Christ on the cross was always God's saving plan. Listen to just a few of the prophecies about the Messiah. They were revealed over the hundreds of years before the coming of Christ. The Old Testament tells us he would be rejected by those who came to save. It says he would be sold for 30 pieces of silver. He would be silent when he was accused. He would be crucified with criminals. Soldiers would gamble for his clothing. None of his bones would be broken. He would be buried in a rich man's tomb. We know all of those things are true, but we know them from this side of the cross and the resurrection these are the things that God was revealing long before Jesus would come along with scores and scores of other prophecies that said here's what's going to happen this is the plan all the way back to the beginning of the sacrificial system in the Old Testament it was just beginning to point the way toward the one who would give his life on a cross because that's always been the plan Why is that important for you to know? Because you need to know the cross has always been central to God's plan to redeem his people. One of the most powerful descriptions of Jesus is found in Revelation 13, 8, where the Bible calls him the Lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world. Do you get that? Slain from the foundation. What is it saying? It's saying God didn't look down and say, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. What can I do? It is saying from the very beginning, God said, I have a plan. I will not abandon you. I will not desert you. I will not reject you. I will redeem you. Through the power of the cross. And that's been the plan from the foundation of the world. Nobody is excluded from its redeeming power as long as you trust in the power of the cross. The power of the cross covers every soul who believes and that's why As I share a series of messages on the hope of the cross, I need to ask the most important question of all at the beginning, and it is simply this. Where have you placed your trust? Is your trust in yourself? Is your trust in someone else? Is your trust in something you can accomplish? Or is your trust in the Lord of the cross? It is our hope. It is God's plan. Most of all, it is your privilege to trust him as Savior and Lord. But that's a decision you have to make for yourself. Nobody else can decide whether your eternal hope will be found in Jesus. That's up to you. And so this morning as we come to our invitation time, that's my question for you. Have you placed your hope in Jesus? Are you depending upon him to do what you cannot do for yourself? Do you recognize the promise that he will carry the sin so you can be set free? Are you ready to trust him today? If so, in a moment when we stand and sing, if you want to come, I'll be here at the front. I'll be glad to introduce you to the Savior. Or if God's dealing with you in a special way in your life and there's decisions you need to make you come or if God's calling you to become part of this church to plant yourself and your membership right here I'll be glad to meet you is there a decision you need to make we're gonna stand we're gonna sing you come let's stand together good to be in God's house today to share this time together let me remind again our deacons and all our ordained men if you would join us at 3:30 this afternoon for a wonderful ordination council we look forward to sharing this time with Larry and so I look forward to seeing you there in the choir room uh, and then let's also remember this evening's worship time not only are we going to have a good study from the book of Romans but this is one of my favorite Sundays because this is second Sunday snack supper and Nancy tells me we're going to be prepared for the cold weather coming by the snack supper we share together tonight. So we're really looking forward to that. And I hope you'll come and be a part of that. Let's bow together now for one closing prayer and then a final song. Father, we do thank you for the power of the cross. Thank you, Lord, that our hope is found in the only one who can save. And we trust you. And we depend upon you. And we ask you, Lord, to help us to be found always in the shadow of the cross. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.